Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And today we've got a hard rocking, legit OG guest for you today. He's too famous to be here, but we don't give a shit. That is what we do on the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. We sucker famous and cooler people into wasting their time with us. And then they just don't get that hour back. And then we get to just take that to the bank. And we got this whole list of people that are like, what did I do for that? Why Why am I on here? But that's besides the point. Because it is not the beginning to a JJT podcast without first throwing it up to sponsors of the show. Your friends and ours, you know I could only be talking about the one and only No Judges Needed. Your one-stop shop for all of your grappling gear needs. From rash guards to geese to casual wear so you let all the normies on the outside know how hard you go at it in the gym. And this is a brand that has been jiu-jitsu owned and operated since day one. They are committed to giving you the best deals. They are the Beatles of jiu-jitsu gear. I know that's really pigeonholing us for future ad sponsors, but I don't care because these guys were here first. They believed in us, wrongfully so by many accounts, but no one else would. So if you guys want to get some sweet, sweet gear, deck yourself out for this like upcoming summer of jujitsu that we're going to experience, use the promo code JJT at checkout to knock off 20% because they love you and they love us and they're working with us to get you guys a great deal on some sweet, sweet looking gear. Once again, that is www.nojudgesneeded.com, promo code JJT. 20% off. All right. Ad read over. Check cashed. Uh, obligations made. We are, we're done with that. We're done. But, you know, we always, we might just talk about no judges needed organically because we, we, we love brands. You know They'll pop back up every once in a while. We'll get it. We'll get it back on. This all right. right. You know, as is, as is standard, uh, all the big fishes that we, we managed to sucker onto the show. Uh, we can thank Mr. Kevin Gallagher and his silver tongue for this most recent one. And any of you guys who's people ears think I'm have famous for some reason. They, they think I've got him a big deal. I don't. I don't get it. I, I appreciate it. It's nice. It's. it's I'm, I'm cool with a few oh, small man. circles, but you know what? I, I'm nowhere near. You know, you know Kev's got a too. bunch of nicknames: Uncle Coach Kev. You know, Kevy G. But I just call him King Midas because everything he touches turns to freaking gold. You know what I'm saying? And this episode of the podcast is no different because we are drafting. Uh, one of the coolest, what truly, just like that's the only word you can describe, just cool. One of the coolest dudes around to come onto this show. He is a jiu-jitsu, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt and bassist for the incredibly cool metal band Hatebreed. Please welcome to the show your friend and ours, Mr. Chris Beatty. Chris, thank you so much for coming on to the guys? show, my brother. How are you doing? Dude, that is a hell of an introduction. I can't even, like, I gotta have you follow me around town, actually. He's good at that shit, isn't he? He's really uh, good at that, man. He, he, he's got it down. Up. He's got it down pat, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, I, speaking of towns, there's something I want to kick off right away, and that is that you are from Bridgeport, Connecticut, right? Yes, sir. I lived in, I've lived in Connecticut most of my, I lived in Connecticut for most of my life. I went to, like, uh, elementary school and middle school and high school all near Fairfield. I actually went to school at Bridgeport, uh, or I went to school right next to Bridgeport at Notre Dame Fairfield, and I'd go. I'd have to go play hockey in Bridgeport. I'd have to spend so much of my time in Bridgeport. Most of my friends were from, from Bridgeport, and I just wanted to know. Like, it, it's crazy that I get another uh, 
another guy from the 203 on this on this podcast. Yeah. So uh, I gotta I gotta ask for what what was your upbringing like in Bridgeport? Well, first off, this is gonna blow your mind. I actually went to Notre Dame. So no way, Fairfield ninety three. So oh now, my god, I'm twenty fourteen. Yeah, now your mind is completely fucking blown. <laughs> wow. So you, you uh, guys are it, like buzzing buddies. Still look like. Did it look like a prison even back then, or did it come become that by the time I got there? The colors were like very drab in there, it, but it was it was a good school. Like, I don't know, I had good times there and shit, you know. But uh, oh my god, <laughs> who was the janitor? I remember our janitor got shot. Did, <laughs> you were there for that? Yeah. He, I mean, no, but that was a story that's like that's a story that's. Yeah, that's a story. Like, that's an old wives' tale that sort of made it to my time at Notre no, no, Dame. I was at the basketball <laughs> game where he got shot. I was at, like, it was at a oh basketball game, and there was a fucking commotion going out in the hallway, and fucking someone had came in, like, through the backside door, you know, in the parking lot, the parking lot area, that yeah. little door. Someone had came in and fucking was shooting at somebody else and missed and shot the janitor in the leg. And fucking, <laughs> that's so awesome. And like we're like, what the fuck you know, is going on? Let's not just talk. Let's not even talk about jujitsu. Like, let's just tell stories about. Yeah, no, that, that sucks because like all the cool stuff happened when I was like before I got before or after I got there. Because the only thing of note that happened for us was like one of the teachers was sending pictures of his dick to like girls, and that was it. It's <laughs> like okay, that's boring. Come on. <laughs> That's, that's the every high stuff? school in 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 in, in, uh, in America. Yeah. That's all that's, that's great. <laughs> that happens every other oh, weekend. Oh man. man, so now I just want to I just want to talk to you about like the Merritt Parkway and like people that think our state I, sucks. <laughs> dude, I never go on the Parkway anymore. I used to like cuz I live in Bristol now, which is like the middle of the state like Oh, really? Kind of Hartford, yeah. I'm not trying to get killed, man. Like I I was young and like you know, like I actually I I got before I got married, I I had my ex-wife living down in Bridgeport and I would tour and we we're like kind of close to Fairfield, but like in black rock area. So if you like kind of, yeah, catch a shit, you know, I was like me being gone, maybe we should go move up to like where you're like safer. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll go up to like the Bristol where you're from. So that's kind of how I got here and, and uh, gravitated to this area. You know, it's kind I of funny because uh, Connecticut doesn't really get, the the beef is being like the hardcore like fucking uh you know like the like the ghetto kind of like rough sections of connecticut you don't think of connecticut you don't think of that you think of like you know connecticut that's where like freaking like rich white dudes go to fucking retire and shit like that you know they raise their families oh, yeah. and stuff like well, it's, it's funny like it's funny because in the in the 50 states in the union connecticut has the honor of having the biggest gap between the wealthy population and the poor population <laughs> the like our poorest our poor people are the poorest of the poor and our rich are the richest of the rich <laughs> that's well, awesome yeah, I mean, like even like, you know, bridgeport and fairfield like you know you go to school in fairfield you, you go across a line like a couple hundred feet and it's it's like completely different world man and and it and it doesn't make any sense but it's it's reality you know awesome yeah, bro. Dude. i my my little brother once took uh some girl to prom and she her family lived in greenwich and so he had he got to go to greenwich to pick her up and he I went through like five falling, different huh? gates on the way <laughs> yeah no he's just like he was in there and his like beat up passat like pre-owned volkswagen passat and he's driving up the road 
and uh, like it's like there's security guards and there's all this like like these armed dudes and like he found out later that the guy the dad worked for like a bank like wakovia and he was one of the high up guys like <laughs> in like a financial scandal there's, there's a lot of those around here i know there's like private helicopters always going back and forth to the city from people that live in connecticut you know yeah there's there's some rich and there's some like really poor and like i didn't grow up like rich like i'm like middle class i live like my parents and then my grandparents but it's, it wasn't like it was just somewhere right in the middle you know what i mean yeah the, i just i just i enjoy hearing the stories of the under the underbelly of connecticut because you just don't think of that you don't think of connecticut as like janitors getting shot in, in gymnasiums and you know i just you know, hood yeah hood rat shit going down in connecticut there's tons of hood rat shit oh yeah the early 90s i think like bridgeport had a higher murder rate than new york like going on for i don't know a couple of years straight it was like because we had some serious like fucking shit going on there Hey, Kev, real quick. Yeah. Before yeah. we get going, we'll edit this out. Um, do you think that maybe he should put the headphones in? I think it's a little bit low. Do you think, you think so? Yeah. A little bit low I think now that I'm put the headphones edit. back so we don't go through the whole thing. We'll edit all this out. Let's try it real quick with the headphones because if we go through the whole fucking thing and it's super, super quiet, it'll, it'll be a I huge upload, difference. I got to go and we'll try edit it. I got upload it. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. I'm right here. Yeah. Let's, let's run them in and see. All right, I just made a note of when yeah. when to cut it. I hope we didn't lose that. No, no, no. Well, oh, no, no, that's we didn't cool. lose it. And no, we'll can, use all that. It'll just make be it louder. It'll sound better. So we the beginning part will be a little bit low, but as we when we go into like yeah. talking about jujitsu and shit like that, or you know, we'll just fix it up. All right. Yeah. How's that sound? Was, that's already better. Yeah, that's way better. Yeah, it's way right. better. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All yeah. right. So I'm just gonna cut it right here. Hey everybody, sorry. We just wanted to make sure Chris uh, sounded a little louder, so we got him set up with some headphones. But um, I, I, I just I find it weird whenever I am doing research and I find a fact about someone that takes me wildly outside of jujitsu. Because now I just want to talk about I want to talk about like Sunny Days ice cream or like, <laughs> like the Kmart that always had crime happen at it, or the fact that we had like a bunch of bookstores that closed or all the crime, like. I would go yeah. on. I was on the cross country. I don't know if you were on the cross country team or what sports you played, but I was a runner at Notre Dame, and we yeah. had this running trail that took us through like, like Westport, where all the mob families live, like in that like in the farm farm areas. Okay, and it's a Connecticut is a weird place. It's a very strange place, and the fact that no one cares about it means no one really looks at it closely to wonder if it's doing okay, and so a lot of weird stuff gets to like fester. <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah, you're not here long enough to appreciate the the melting pot that it is, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. A lot, man. Of Itali- a lot of Italians, a lot of Irish, and everybody hates each other. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I know I, I know the Italian thing. I I know the Italian thing because I know from uh what was the movie with the Caprio, the departed, when they talk about the Italians coming from from Connecticut. So I just I, I make the yeah. I make the connection as Connecticut as the mob town. I know that's where all the mobsters go retire and shit. Lots of weird, fun facts about Connecticut on tonight's uh, tonight's show. Just for the, so folks the mobsters, all the mobsters that weren't smart enough to move to Florida ended up right, in exactly. Yeah. I actually had an old baseball coach. I was like thirteen. I used to work with him. Like uh, he was, he was a cool dude, but he was somehow connected. And I would go work with him in the fish truck, and like we go drive and everywhere fish around truck. the fish truck. Yeah, it was like That's one awesome. of my first jobs. 
I wanted to buy a baseball bat because, like, he was a coach. I was, I need money, man. I get paid around here summertime. And at one point in time, I, it was before he started coaching us. They found a body in his car in in the, the Trumbull Mall. I mean, you could look that up, like. <laughs> And so no, awesome. no one ever said anything about it. Like he was always cool with us. And, you know, so, it was like, so, right. so what you're saying is you were like one guitar lesson away from being a mobster instead of uh, instead of a rock star. <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's awesome. That's I just, great, I just got hit with the fact. The only thing of note I have is that like my buddy got like a fir- his first hand job in the Trumbull Mall Mar- parking lot. <laughs> was it in a fish truck? <laughs> I know it was probably next to one if I had to guess. Um, okay, so this is already I managed to turn every episode that I can into a thing where I talk about places I've lived. Like any anytime we have someone off from Jersey, I got to turn you into the Jersey. Where's the, where's your favorite pizza place at? Oh gosh! Oh, well, hey, like <laughs> San Remo. I like Beverly Pizza. I haven't been, I haven't been okay. down there in forever, man. It's, uh, don't even get me going on the pizza. I mean, if you hey, if you're if you're in Southbury ever, yeah, I know De Palma's. I don't know if they're still open, but they used to have a pretty good pie in, in like in Southbury. It's a little, I don't I don't venture out now. there too often, but uh, oh. New, New Haven. I'll go to New Haven if I want some good pizza, man. Like New Haven, Bridgeport, New you start Haven. heading down there. That's 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 yeah, the mob I, for, I, uh, bef- the mobbed up areas. We, Oh yeah, and all but Yale. Yale kind of keeps the crime down. If you're really close to the universities, it's usually a lot of white people in thick rimmed glasses. Is that what Yale's at? Is Yale in Connecticut? Is Yale is is it in Connecticut? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's pretty much yeah. most of New Haven. Like it's it's scattered throughout and all that stuff and uh, Illuminati and all that shit. But that's a whole nother episode. You know? Hey Chris, you know uh, Kevin yeah. went to Oxford. Just as a as a side note on that, just to <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't help it. We, we made it, we made it 14 minutes before I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Yale thing. I could I couldn't let it slide. <laughs> a well-educated man. He is a well-educated man. <laughs> uh, yeah, doing, not doing very well for himself, as you can state. see. <laughs> yeah. If anyone so, needs your Amazon packages delivered, I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, as much as our viewers at home would love to continue talking about the the amazing pizza restaurants in Connecticut, Florida. This is a jujitsu podcast. So let's uh let's get into the nitty-gritty. And, and and the reason why we have you on the show is obviously you're 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 a bass player from from Hatebreed, awesome dude. Like I tell you that like it's it, I was we were laughing about it before the show and I texted you earlier when I was talking to you that like we you know I tell my students at gym, you know, we've got freaking John Combs coming on, or we've got all these huge amazing jujitsu athletes coming on the show and they kind of go, meh. I tell them Chris Beatty from fucking uh, Hate Breeds coming on, and literally their little eyeballs light up, and they're so super, they're so super stoked about it. They turn into to teenage girls at a uh, at, at a Beatles concert. So That's let's awesome. get it. yeah, it's so cool. It's it's so funny, man. We've had you on the Old Man Grappling Hour before, and I know you're a super dope, dude. So it was super freaking pretty cool for you, uh, you. For, for us, man. But like, uh, I was just I was actually super excited, and it you know it's a testament. To the to the beauty of jujitsu, that you were super excited to be on this podcast, to be on the Jiu-Jitsu Time podcast, and it's it's just you know it shows a lot about that, man. You know? It's I mean it's cool to be able to talk about this. I'm not like a high level dude, but like you know coming from what I what I did with the music and all that stuff, and like knowing nothing about like jujitsu world at all, like when I first jumped in, man, it's like it's just. Like fucking, I don't know. I can't live without it. Now I have this thing in my life that I need to do all the time. Now that's awesome, man. You know. So tell us, 
Tell us the story, man. Tell us how you first started training and some of the things that kind of drew you in and have kept you hooked, man. So, like, uh, my, my buddy Jeff, he's a brown belt at Gracie. And, uh, man, we've been hanging out, talking for years. and like went Gracie through, like, Farmington, right? Is, is Gracie Farmington right? Valley, yes. Right, right. I'm sorry I didn't specify No, you're good, that. you're good, you're good, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, my buddy, uh, you know, went through, I went through a divorce, all shit. It was all fucking whatever. You're, you're fucking whacked out of your mind, you know, you're fucking dealing with all that shit. And he, he'd been telling me for years, come train, come train. And, honestly, I could never do that when I was married because, like, the wife was not letting me go fucking train a couple times a week. You know, like <laughs> that just wasn't, you're not going on tour and then coming home and then going out and training like four nights a week. You know, it's, it, it, it wasn't going down. So I was like, fuck it. I did, like, you know, I finally got my ass in there and I was, I didn't know anything. I fucking, I still got my ass kicked, but like, but like when I first came in, I didn't know shit, no technique. I didn't fucking, you know, or trying to overpower everything. And, and it's just, it gave me such a focus away from all the the bullshit I was dealing with, and I have this like positive thing, and, like and I don't know, it's just been a mind opening experience, and and how shitty a fighter I am, a horrible grappler is, and uh, it's I don't know now it's just I can't live without. It. I think about shit. I wake up like fucking thinking about moves, you know, like YouTube and shit, and and just it's just part of your person now, and like I'm so happy and. And it's hard to explain to people that don't train. I never went to a class and or never really like dove into it. Like it's just kind of consumes you. And it's but it's a good thing. You know, it's, you challenge yourself every day you go in there. Yeah, man, it's it's funny. I, I tell people that all the time. And I when I when I have new clients that come in, new personal training clients, people that I work with that I try to like promote the gym to and promote the, the jujitsu to outside of the gym. You know, I tell them, hey, man, you know what? Like, come to the gym for whatever reason you think you want to come. You want to come because you want to get in shape? Sure, no problem. You want to come because you want to learn how to fight? Sure, whatever. Whatever it takes for you to get into the gym, let that be the reason when you come into the gym. But once you start training, you're going to realize that it's so much more than what you think it is. It's so much more of a life-changing, life-altering set of circumstances that you're not going – like, you can't understand it. I can't make you believe it. I can't make you see what I'm saying until you come in and start training. But once you do, you figure it out, man. Right. But you have to commit. Like, you, like I don't think you go for a couple classes here or there. You know, you know, you can't do it with that. You have to fully commit. And you have to accept the pain and the suffering that you're going to endure and let that become part of your life. And it's such a huge learning experience, you know. So one of the things um, that – I can't I had, start I, I had a quick question that I just wanted to throw in there, and that's that, you know, you hear tons of stories about not just metal bands and, like, hardcore punk bands, but, like, literally anyone in, like, the music industry has a few, you know, stories of, like, violent altercations they've had to get in. And I was wondering if either before or after you started training jiu-jitsu, had you ever had any history of having to be, like, violent on the road or even before you started with hate breed? Like, did you have any kind of fighting experience before jiu-jitsu? Like street fighting, yeah, like shit would pop off yeah, all the time, yeah. man. Like uh, playing clubs, like when we first started, like, we were pretty much like pirates. Like we would go do our shit, play our show. We have like fucking maybe a half hour's worth of music. You know, we'd be open up for someone else. Then we'd just start drinking and then fighting. We were young, 20-year-old kids, you know what I mean? And just that's that's just how it was. And I, I broke my wrists uh, in fucking Germany like the day before a tour started. 
like right in the same street where the club was we were playing like my <laughs> my uh guitar player like we went out we were drinking absinthe like we we're jet lagged it was like two in the morning and, and we just wanted to get food and he's out laying on the ground he's starting with these dudes uh, and I don't know. He said he was trying to just get help up and have the dude leave him alone. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But it turned into a fucking melee. And I fell. I slipped on the fucking pavement, ran on my wrist, shattered my wrist the fucking day one. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. You know, and like for for those of you that don't know, I'm I'm assuming that everyone watching this show is knows what hate knows who hate breed is. But like the idea is, is like. You guys come from that like New York City kind of like uh, like hardcore kind of scene back in the old days, and from from those of you guys who don't know that like that was that was hard time. was hard times. Like there was fighting and in 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 aggression and and anger was very much a part of that angsty time in that music scene, and it was a whole thing. It was just part of what you guys like the lifestyle that you guys chose, right? Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, like like the pits and stuff like that, like metal shows, hardcore shows mostly what we went to and uh yeah the the pit you were getting knocked the fuck out in there you know what i mean dudes were just fucking it was ruthless you know and then you know that spills over into fucking growing up in bridgeport fucking just the east coast attitude everyone has you know like and everyone was throwing down you know like thank god i learned that you don't have to anymore the world's kind of tamed down a little bit so at least on the streets was there was there a certain element? I mean, you know, again, your your music has the 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 aggress part of part of it's what it is. Was there a certain element of that aggressiveness and that kind of like conflict conflict that that drew you to jujitsu and to the art of fighting? Yeah, I, I guess you kind of have to have that mentality the somewhere in you, right? Like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who fuck does that and and <laughs> and suffers for no reason? You know, you could be at home fucking dipping your hands in the fucking paraffin jar or some shit. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I see. I talk to a lot of people, and I have a lot of friends like myself included. Just like you said, you know, you were going through hard times. You know, your wife divorced you, and like some of my better moments of my life where I was going through trials and tribulations. I dove myself into jujitsu to start making myself like clear. You could focus on that to get yourself through things like that. But yeah. you know, when, you know, when I know quite a few people that do jujitsu and it's saved their life simply because they have that thing inside of them. Like I'm a very big proponent of like psychology when it comes to things like this. And like, mm -hmm. I have a very, like I talk to my students a lot after class and I have a little post mat talk chats and shit. And I tell them things like I said, you know, as humans, we are animals and animals are hardwired to have that need to fight. It's just what we do. It's a part of our DNA. And you know, when, when you don't do that, no matter what you think, there's still something inside of you that drives you to have that urge. And if you, if you don't act on it, you don't try to quell it. You end up, you know, beating your wife or you end up robbing a freaking grocery store. You end up doing things. You have to serve that master. And I think you yeah. is a good way for people to do that. Yeah. It's, a, it's also a thing, like you said, with the focus, man, you can't think about, your fucking bad day when you're rolling somebody, right? Like you don't, you got to fucking take the task on hand. You know, you don't have time to do all the other bullshit and it's, it's therapeutic. Um, it's, it, I equate it to like playing the guitar. Like when you, I'm playing, like you're really into it. Time just, you don't even have like no sense of time, no sense of anything. It just, it just goes, you know? Right. And, and like jujitsu does that for me too. So it's, it was just awesome 
release. It was I wasn't expecting it in my life, and and now it's here. Now I can't fucking live without it. So it's kind of. <laughs> hey everybody, Kevin here, just with a brief mid-episode ad message because we actually have a new sponsor, Electrum Performance. While BJJ is never going to be an easy art to learn, there are a ton of things you could be doing off the mat to enhance your game and ensure you're able to throw on the gi well into your twilight years. The folks at Electrum Performance are looking to help you out with their new Team EP app. A strength coach in your back pocket, the app gives you access to workout programs, form videos, and the ability to record all of your sets in the gym. You can find different programs depending on your budget and your favorite style of grappling. For example, a guard player could find a ton of information on glute strength and development to build on their game. So, if you want to upgrade your BJJ skills and save some cash, use the code JJT25 at checkout to save 25%. Link is in the description of this podcast. Thanks again to Electrum for taking a shot on us. We won't let you down. I, I, I actually, I think that's really a cool uh, idea that I'd want to explore a little bit because you have a very unique perspective that a lot of people who are first starting out at Jiu-Jitsu don't have, and that's that that kind of pressure, like the idea of thousands of people are looking at you on stage and you're playing a, a very difficult song and you got to provide that kind of energy. You're used to that kind of perf- like pressure and those kind of expectations. Did those, that experience of like being a, like a famous touring musician, do you think they had any kind of effect on how quickly you took to that pressure of being on the jujitsu mat with someone trying to rip your head off? Um. Yes. Yes. And no, because so like when I'm playing like the first couple of shows, you're like not butterflies, but you're like nervous. You want to put on a good show. You don't want to fuck up. You know, people pay money to see you and you want to give them the best fucking show every single day, night in, night out, fucking, you know? And I, I kind of like, I'm always hard on myself, I guess, you know, like if, we're, if we play a show live, like fucking you mess up one note and like, you're the only person that knows it. Right and no one really hears that shit out there but you know you fucked up so you fucked up you know and let it eat at you so same with jujitsu like i'll be training and fucking like last night i was going whoa uh-oh there we go we're all that good was, baby all good that baby was cord. yeah um, all good <laughs> all good all good man <laughs> like last night i was training i was trying to land something and it was just fucking it was just the fucking I don't know. I'm just hard on myself. And then fucking, I know like if I keep at it, keep at it, like you'll eventually get it. Cause everyone sucks when they first start doing something, you know? And I think it's more the pressure I put on myself. And once I learned to relax in jujitsu and not be a fucking raging asshole on the fucking what's time to roll and use up and gas myself out and all that shit. Like, like things have actually come together. I think about the next move I'm going to do. I, th- I think where I'm at, like, you know, try and feel things out. So I, I, it's actually been able to calm me down in, in multiple aspects of my life. So it's, it's, it, it equates to when I'm playing a show or festival, you just get into the zone. You know what I mean? Like kind of just the, the anxiety just goes away or whatever is the butterflies, you know, you know, I, I, play a musical and i play a guitar you know i'm by no means consider myself a musician but i can i can play some fucking chords i can play some scales i can fucking play a couple i mean songs, i sing you know in the really? shower and i consider myself a vocalist <laughs> so just though, fyi so like, if, you, hey, for a backup if you need if you singer, need a guy <laughs> on tour i'm just saying i'm right here <laughs> <laughs> but the point the point i'm trying to make is is that i think a lot about 
the attributes that it takes to be a musician. And I equate them quite a bit to the same attributes that it takes to be a jujitsu player. And one of the few of the things I think about, one of the most obvious ones I think about is the idea that, you know, when you're learning to play the guitar, like you suck at it for like, you, like you can't like you're spent a solid year just figuring out how to move your damn fingers around to make the notes. You know what I'm talking about? You have to really work hard to get the technical aspects of that down until eventually it becomes to flow inside of you and and, and you work to be able to make that become, you know, uh, a thing for you. Is is that something Mm -hmm. that you think about when you think about uh, like musicians and and jujitsu? Just making it be like a part of you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. You know, the, you go the, the, just the idea of like learning how to play and then making that turning the fucking things that are just notes, moving fingers and turn it into, you know, recording your next album or playing a, a, a show instead of fucking 50,000 people. Oh, yeah. The, of, of course, man. It's like you said, when you first start, you're like putting it together. You're frustrated. You're like, I can't even hit the same string. My fingers are on. It's same as jujitsu. You're trying to land you know, just a upa or something like that. You know what I mean? You're like, why is this not working? You know, it's, you're all fucked up in your head. So once, right. you, once you slow it down and obviously practice repetition, and now you're playing the guitar, you're not even looking, you're talking while you're playing. It's, it's, you can think you're almost doing, just automatically doing. Things just happen for you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when you talk about things at that level, you know, when you're playing – you know, I'm sure you play some freaking insanely intricate, fast-paced things. Like you don't have time to think about each individual. No, you, it just happens. You like you're just the giant, amazing right. like string you played, or this you know chord or repetition or whatever you played. Doesn't yep. take. You don't think about each individual. No, you just think about the flow as it starts to come together. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. You just, you just do. You don't. You try not to get ahead of yourself and, and think too much like because then it creates like fucking just a mess in your mind and you know like then then you stress out you're fucking up you know so it's it definitely a lot of people can't deal with the crowd for some reason like it it kind of like makes them clam up and stuff like luckily i've been doing it for so long it's like second nature to me and right and take it for granted too you know what i mean like until you're fucking quarantining your fucking house you're like God, I really missed that shit and fucking why would I ever complain about a deli tray backstage? Yeah, I just right. want to play a show. That's really funny, dude. That's some awesome rock star shit. I just thought about a spinal tap with the with the fucking with the hand getting folded in half. It just doesn't no, fit. No. No, no, you don't, you don't. This this one goes up to eleven. <laughs> that's great. Dude. I love that movie. So another I, that's, that's kind okay. of a stupid that real real quick, that's kind of a stupid question I got, Chris. Is that like do you I know there's some divas on the in the music scene, you know, there's people that have very specific needs. Do you have any kind of like diva tendencies about like backstage? Do you have anything you need for there to be like like a certain type of food or something? <laughs> no, not particular. I like, I'll make do or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I just want water, fucking coconut water, like just be able to stay fucking hydrated and and shit like that. Yeah, and as long as it's Neven water from a certain area in the, in the Alps of fucking Switzerland, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as the Swiss Alps, it's yeah, from the year 1995 exactly. and not a year I'm long. super easy, man. Super simple. I'm easy to get along with. I'm easy going, but if the thread count in my pillows is in a certain way, I'm going to murder somebody. I mean, I swear it's, to God. it's in my rider. I mean, I don't know why people can't figure it out. Uh, 
<laughs> if this was the 80s, it might be a little bit different. Like, no one gives a shit now. You're like, hey, uh, where's our deli tray? Uh, it's not in the rider. We cut that today. There's some more tickets. Like, oh, all right. Well, fuck it. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Do you dude. have any? Do you have any mats that you travel with backstage? So you get like some some like like hip escapes in before practice before the the show. I you know what? Like we were touring when I first like started doing this. Like I would kind of like lose it. I would I would go in the dress room and like like just do like stretching and shit like that and like 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 drills by myself i didn't have any mats because uh when you go to europe it's kind of fucking pain in the ass to bring all that over and stuff like that and no one in my band or crew wants to like roll or anything like that so i was i was kind of like left on my own but i've been going to the gym and i've been like running and, and all that shit. i've been doing that for 20 years in the band i've always been active like i'll get up in the morning just go on a fucking walk and uh but now more and more dudes are starting to train. Um, actually, Billy from Biohazard, um, he's been training for like 20, 30 years. Oh, that's he's cool, a, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a black belt. And, yeah, uh, Maynard from Tools, uh, I think he's a brown belt now or a black belt. He's close to it or something yeah, like he, that. He, yeah, he trained. Um, Dave Roger, Mustaine just got his purple oh, belt. Oh, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, he also just got his like, purple belt, I think. I, I saw know, that, yeah, yeah. Brown yeah. belt. Yeah. Roger from Agnostic Front. Yeah. Uh, like those dudes were, I think they're rolling actually in Europe, and then everything got shut down. But there, yeah. there's actually like more and more people that are are slowly getting into it, which is cool yeah. because at these big festivals and shit in in Europe and you know in the states too, like maybe we might have a room now where we could roll during the day, which would be fucking awesome, you know. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because I, I think about that a lot too. And like, I, I, you know, I obviously I laugh about being famous and shit like that, but I'm totally fucking not. It's just a fucking joke. You're so either. famous. <laughs> Thanks, dude. You guys heard it. You, you just heard it. Chris said I'm famous. So yeah, it's obviously true. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I imagine that there's a certain amount of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, you know, fake people and, and agitation that sometimes comes with, 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 with the fortune or the fame of being famous. And when I, I think a lot, I see a lot of famous people starting to do jujitsu and, and, and getting involved, you know, stars that like to do jujitsu. And, and when I think about that, I think about the idea of when you go on a jujitsu mats, there is a, an ultimate equalizer. Like, you know, like you're not, Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Beatty, the fucking I'm hoping I'm saying your name right, by the way. <laughs> Is it Beatty or Beatty? I, I, say, I say Beatty, but you can call it whatever. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't Chris Beatty from uh, you know, oh, the okay, hang on. fully yeah. time out, fully time out because Ant, I got a I got a problem with that because Kev texted me like five days ago, like, hey man, like Chris Beatty, like, Chris Beatty, he's like, he's real legit. Do your research on this guy. Do your research on this guy. So <laughs> yeah, I spent what, the last few days learning all about him, where he's from, Hatebreed. They're singles and something. All right, I'm ready. And Kev G though could just be like, "Hey, Porter, or whatever the hell your name is, man." That's, that's, that's why I got you, Kev. God, I'm, I'm, I'm the star, baby. He knows, he knows how to tell my life since like that. Right, that's right. Uh, so you, the point, hey, the point I'm trying to make, the point I'm trying to make is that you know, when I think about guys like yourself, like I imagine that when you go to a jujitsu gym, like you're not the bass player from hate brood anymore you're just another blue belt in there working out and i'm i'm i'm, I'm guessing yeah. that there's a certain yeah, amount of sanctuary to that, that you don't have to be worried about like some dudes take a picture with you wherever you go or sign an autograph or like freaking having to wear shades and shit man Dude, not not once like everyone 
since the day I walked in there, every other like gym that I trained at, like, you know, in the US that were cool enough to have me in, everybody's just been so cool. It's not I don't even, I don't consider myself famous at all. I'm just I'm just me. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't I don't ride that wave. But uh everyone is yeah, I feel like I'm gonna walk in the door and just I'm just a student learning. You know, I I don't I don't I'll give like a dude a CD, I'll thought you know, like and, right. and and hook a dude up at a show, like, you know, like shit like that. But I'm like it is very humbling and you know, you can leave that shit at the door all the time though. Like there's yeah. there's no there's no reason to have an ego. You're not gonna fucking learn anything by trying to fucking be that person, you know? Yeah, you know, and it like you're you just like you know getting to be a black belt like you fucking you paid your dues man you know as a musician like you got i'm sure you didn't wake up one day as a freaking you know as a, as a as a celebrity you know a superstar like you you played a bunch of shitty stores for shitty shows with your girlfriend and your mom watching and, and and that's all that was there and then you've had to play some dive bars and open up for some shit shows and do the whole fucking thing to make your way up man. right yeah yeah of course everyone starts there right. and i i kind of like that it is like a sanctuary like you know no one no one gives a fuck who you are outside there. You know what I mean? There's all different walks of life, all different kinds of people, like lawyers, cops, uh, fucking, I don't know, like woodworkers. No one gives yeah. a shit. Like when the you're Muslims in there, and the Christians, there's no, there's nothing. No, no, no. you're just doing jujitsu. That's what the, one of the things I love the most about the environment of a gym is you just leave that shit at the door, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never, there's, I've never seen altercation. There nothing. Everyone's so far cool. It's everybody's down to earth. There's been people that know, you know, who I am in the band. They're like, "Hey, what's up, man? Cool, nice to meet you." That's, and that's the extent of it goes. And then everything else is just on the mats, you know. Yeah, it's 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 there's so like there's so many things, you know. I, I write about jujitsu. I talk about jujitsu all day long. I train jujitsu my entire life. It's the only thing I do all fucking day long. And and it, there's so many things that I can draw parallels to to talk about how amazing jiu-jitsu is for so many different reasons it's just it's just it's it's crazy that more people don't figure out a way to get in there and, and take advantage of it i think people are kind of well, scared I, at first I, you know like there's that element of fear of the unknown you know because that's why for a while i was apprehensive i was like I, like what am i gonna do with that you know what i mean you, you don't know what something is you're afraid until you actually get your ass there it's like going to the gym you know like you don't fucking know the results till you go in there and that's that's what it's been for me like going have you ever had any injuries that have, have kept you from uh from being able to perform caused by jiu-jitsu or anything that's kept you like off the off tour or screwed you up in that in that that kind of manner not not off tour no like, I've, yeah. I've been home banged up and you know yeah. like like woke up the next morning like oh fuck what i do myself and like you know but I don't know. I got broke. I've had a broken toe for like a month and a half. Oh, that's I, a bitch, dude. It's the worst. Yeah. I'm like, but what am I gonna do? Like, like, not go jujitsu? Like, because I have a broken toe. <laughs> I like, I like, like, I like. You, know. you, you toured with a broken wrist, brother. You like, you come to jujitsu with a broken yeah. toe, man. <laughs> it is what it is, I, right? I got, I got kind of a weird question, and I feel like this would be like if you if this is just some dumb, stupid bullshit, just let me know. And I feel like you're the most equipped person to tell me if something's dumb, stupid bullshit. But please just tell me anyway, Chris. Please just for me. I can do, I can tell already this is dumb, stupid bullshit. But let's. Uh. <laughs> I love it. I love well, it. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. You know what? Then I'm gonna do it in parts, so I, I save myself a little bit of of uh, shame on it. I, I want to know, as blue belts, a fellow blue belt, I know that we are like one rung above dog shit in the hierarchy 
and yeah. we're just figuring out a lot of our game and what things we like in jujitsu. So like, I want to know a little bit about what kind of what kind of game Chris Beatty plays on the mats. Like, or do, or do you prefer gi, no gi? Like, are you like pressure passer, guard puller? Like, describe a little bit of how you love like to play jujitsu. All right. Uh, so I I started out like no gi, but then I was like, I can't fucking be that guy who didn't fucking train gi with a fucking like that's disrespectful to the art good answer i love you already that kid you know what i mean like (laughs) so i started diving into that so i'll I'll go back and forth like schedule my son um you know with the days i could fit in and get in there and whatnot you know and but my game i i like having motherfuckers i like having them on my guard man i fucking work that fucking throw legs with the fucking head i like my, my buddy jeff was like try and get really good from your back like he's like once you get good from your back and you're completely comfortable from being there and fucking you can attack from there and then fucking everything else is like, it's not easier, but it's, it's, it's way, it's more difficult to fucking be comfortable on your back than anywhere else, I guess. And that's what I'm saying. So I, I like, I like doing that. Uh, I get Kimura's, uh, what else do I go for? I love the head and arm choke. That's like, that's one of my fucking favorite. I just always end up there, and I'm like fucking, you know, throw the shoulder, fucking dive to the map. I, 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 lo- <laughs> I love that. I, I love at least going for it, you know. Um, arm bars are always there, and it's it's crazy because when I was a white belt, or even when like when I was first blue belt, like everything was so chaotic in my mind until like I actually consciously slowed down my rolls. I, I. I, it was the hardest fucking thing to do because I just want to, like, when someone's coming at you, you just want to fucking naturally fucking just go for it and you get all tensed up and shit. But once I started controlling my breathing and just bringing everything down a couple notches, it opened up everything else. Then I was like, I could actually see shit like the Matrix. I was like, oh, that's that's fucking, like, right there? How come I missed that before? You know, it's because adrenaline was driving everything, you know? Which yeah, I that- guess... It's helped my game, you know, like once you can slow it down and bring it down to fucking manageable pace and and calculate your moves instead of just fucking reacting all the time, you know. So I just been focusing on that and trying to like escape like a motherfucker now. It's all about survival. Like blue belt. So you get your purple blood. It's still just about like, like, okay, cool. Like I just I'm just going to not die. I always say like purple blood is learning how to survive. And blue belt is like learning how to not let someone kill you. <laughs> that's one of the things. Like that's that's like in purple belt, you start to become a killer. That's usually the that's, that's what it feels like at blue belt. Uh, to yeah. be honest, and, and yeah. everyone's like, you're gonna get you're gonna get good, then you plateau, then you're gonna suck again, and then you get a little bit better, then you're just gonna suck again. That's, that's the way it goes, dude. Yeah. That's the way it goes, man. In your mind, you perceive so it. Like, so like so, it's getting better. <laughs> yeah it sounds like you you like playing like somewhat of a reactionary game like like you love playing the guard you love seeing what's there is is that about right like like guard yeah. is mainly where you live guard i like to take the back i mean taking the back is the best shit like i don't know if, if you can fucking get up and that <laughs> I, I like i like choking dudes i'm always going i i'll fucking choke a dude like i'm always if the neck's open I'm trying to get there. And yeah, I man. think mostly everybody is, you know, like, like if you're in a real fight and someone's got your fucking neck, you're, the shit ain't good for you, you know? Just, no, no, but that's I why just, back, that's why the back is the top of the pyramid because you, your options. Are, no are, one, no one is explained it right. so 
no one no one has done such a good job of explaining how good taking the back feels. If I I think now when I try to convince some of my friends who don't do jujitsu to try it, I'm just gonna play this clip of Chris Beatty saying, Yeah, <laughs> taking the back is the best shit. <laughs> it is, especially when you're so, not no, used to I, being there and it all of a sudden's there, you're like, Fuck this is great. Like fucking like like everything's just there for you, you know. Yeah, and I, I, the, the stupid, dumb question I was going to ask before asking like a bunch of lead-up questions was: I think that there's a tempo to jujitsu. I think there's a pace that certain people like to play at. You know, you got guys that love to explode mm-hmm. right off the bat. You got guys that are more reactionary. You got guys that like to wait, but then explode at certain times and then wait again. You got guys that are like doing a bunch of crazy bullshit. And I think that there's there's some correlation you could make to the way people play jujitsu different ways and like certain genres of music. I know you're like a metal head, but there's a ton of different ways to play the same instrument. Do you think that there's mm-hmm. any kind of genre of music you could best equate your game to? Like, is it metal? Is it, you know, jazz? Is it Jeez, rock? Kev, you, you're getting like, good, brother. Did you write these down, but you practiced beforehand. That's impressive. It's <laughs> a good question, man. I'm no, I just drank a glass. I, I drank a glass of wine. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you, to get you drunk every fucking every Sorry, go ahead, Chris. I, I, I think, I think in my like, I I want to be like smooth, like R and B on the mats, right? Like I fucking want to okay. control like, everything, you know, like like the flow of and everything. <laughs> but I think most of the times, like I'll try doing that, and I'll be there longer now. But I always end up going to thrash, you know. What I mean, it's a, <laughs> it starts at R and B and just gets up to thrash, and then like. That's- that's a very right. good. That's a very good analogy for most blue belts <laughs> that I've ever watched. Roll yeah. one. You start R and B, and then before you're done, you're straight up to thrash metal. That's yeah, like yeah. yeah. You, you might as well like for real. If I'm rolling against a white belt, I'm like Kevin Boys to Men Bradley for real. Like I'm all smooth <laughs> as butter, baby. That's that's the blue belt credo. Every blue belt when you smack your hand, hey man, let's just flow it. We're just gonna take it easy and, re- and relax, and then all of a sudden it's rah. <laughs> Dude, I don't even say that anymore. Every time I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm a little beat up today. I'm, I'm just going to take it easy. Fucking 10 minutes into it, like, fucking someone's fucking choking your face off. You're, like, sweating profusely. Like, oh, yeah, that's out the fucking window already, you know? So another uh, another question I wanted to ask earlier, and I kind of, like, gave it gave a little time, another, another connection that kind of, like, I think about when I think about the similarities between playing music and, uh, and jujitsu. And we kind of just talked about it just now is mm-hmm. that, you know, especially in the type of music you play, I mean, you're playing, you know, heavy, hard, hard shit. You know, it's very emotional, very, very, very like gets the, gets the feelings going, gets your body moving and gets everything's moving. You got the audience screaming in your face. And I imagine it's very easy to get caught up in that thrill and if you allow that to dominate you, you quit thinking. You, you're not paying attention, you know. And, and just like we talked about in jujitsu, like you, you get to a point to where you know you have to kind of like relax and calm those things down. But do you, you you can also use that to kind of feed you. Like so, do, do you find those similarities in music and jujitsu? Yeah, because you have to pace yourself, like when you're playing, right? Like right. The, if the, the drummer is playing a little bit fast, everything goes faster. You know what I mean? So right. you kind of like. So yeah, you, the, the crowd, the energy, like all that actually feeds you, and and like when you see that going on, the response to what you're doing, that just fucking makes you play harder. It's like it just turns it up another level, you know? Right. But I, yeah, it's the same thing. Like you have to pace yourself, jujitsu. You fucking or you're just 
dead meat, like fucking exhausted on the ground. And, you know, when you're playing a show for an hour and a half, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like a lot because, yeah, you're up there. You're not, you know, you're not on the mats, but, you know, the heat, the you know, the, sometimes you're playing venues that are 100 degrees in, in there. You know what I mean? Like drinking water, like you, you have to actually there's a flow and pace to it and, and and the set and all that stuff. So it's it's not so much something you would notice from the crowd. But we plan it out accordingly, you know. Right. But but I guess the real question in there is that you have to be the one that controls that and uses that as allowance instead of letting that manipulating you into to, to doing whatever that the whims of that emotional freaking roller coaster ride takes you. You can use oh, that yeah. to your advantage, but if you get too caught up into it, then you're lost and you lose everything. I think a lot about that. Oh yeah. Especially with guys like you and Jiu Jitsu. It's yeah, definitely. I mean, anything in life like that fucking gets you caught up. You forget about it. You get someone cuts you off on the road, you're fucking pissed off, yelling, and you're like, "Why am I late? Like, what? What I just fucking do? I'm all fucking worked up, and this dude's fucking gone." And you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, pace yourself. Like, uh, like, dude, I had one. Shit, had shit one happens today, on stage, man. you know. Fucking, <laughs> I got electrocuted on stage before, and fucking, <laughs> and you know, just like there's nothing. It, I mean, it kind of is like jujitsu. It's like, it's crazy, like how parallel the worlds are, but there's, you know, nothing goes according to plan. You know, and it's the same as when you're on the fucking mats. You know, like, right. like you're practicing a move, forty five minutes. You're like, oh yeah, it's easy to get. Fucking shit ain't easy when some motherfucker is trying to actually, you know, fight you. You know, it's it's it, some things are easier said than done, but it's. Yeah, man, it's all it's all pace, it's all flow, and I mean, it's pretty much life too. You know. Yeah, it's true, man. Like I just like training jujitsu, getting better jujitsu gets you better at life, and there's no other way. Like I can't think of too many things yeah. in the world that like make you think on a on a truly intellectual level, like doing things, the intricate detail techniques of jujitsu when someone is trying to kill you. Like right. it's just there's nothing that gets you more prepared for dealing. Like going to the ATM or going to the bank and having some teller yell at you or give you shit is like nothing anymore. Like why, <laughs> why am I even? Why who cares about this? Like some yeah. three hundred pound man just tried to kill me last night. I actually I, I feel that though. Like like shit just rolls off your chest easier when you fucking train and you're just like oh, like whatever. You know what I mean? Like fucking real life situations or it just doesn't bother you as much and it's that's a good thing. Yeah, no doubt, dude. Yeah, I, I so we were talking a lot about how like how much of a blast furnace that jujitsu can be, especially in the early days. And I know for like someone who's already so busy, it, it must have been a little bit of a culture shock. Was there a moment when you realized like, oh man, I love this enough that this is just a part of my life now? Like, was it day one immediate fall in love, or did it take some time? Like, what what was that process like? It took time. Uh... Because when I first started like training jiu-jitsu, like we were touring too. So I got like I went for a month and then I go tour for a month and then come home, train so I was like getting set back almost, you know. Because if you're not training constantly, jujitsu or playing the guitar concert, whatever, kind of fucking gets remedial, right? Like you have to go back in, work yourself back into the groove. Like like a lot of people experience that like during this fucking pandemic bullshit when people stop training for a while. And fucking go back. It's like, oh, I got to get into training mode again, you know. Like, and, and it took people a while to get back into that. Not me. I I trained the whole time, so that 
Yeah, and, so so did but, I. We, we live in we live in Florida, baby. <laughs> yeah, you got, yeah, it's the wild. Florida, right Florida is the only country right now that's allowing shows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it really is true, dude. Really, far, nobody, the COVID doesn't exist in Florida, baby. We, we, we're just we're just moving right along. <laughs> Keep trucking, man. <laughs> trucking right along, man. How uh, how uh, how hard has that been on you just in general and obviously jujitsu is one thing but how hard has it been for you not to be able to get out there and get that jazz out of playing live shows i mean it sucks i know it will come back you know and but for us i've been doing that since i've been 18 19 years old like 26 years you know so for that having to be cut off is it's fucked up it's like it's a lease you know it's like yeah. fucking when you play a show like Every little thing that bothered you during the day, it's fucking, it's fucking gone. You know what I mean? It's like it's the huge release of energy, everything off your back. You feel like it's fucking awesome, you know. And and to not be able to do what I've been doing my entire fucking adult life is, uh, it's just stressful. I can't wait to play, but hopefully, you know, I I went through this when I broke my wrist, my my other wrist. I I broke both wrists, by the way, at different points <laughs> in my life. <laughs> And I didn't know if I was gonna be able to play again because I had like uh, uh, I had fractures in here, I have cadaver bones and all that bullshit, you know, and plates, and they had to take it out. So I had to practice like I was fucking eighteen again, man. Like I was practicing like eight hours a day as soon as I get this shit off. But you have such an appreciation for something that you're not able to do when you take a, a moment to step back and and like now I'm like fuck, man. It took all those didn't take the shows for granted, but you take for granted being able to play those shows you know right so that's i mean that's it's huge you fall back in love with what you did because because every time i think I don't know, every human will will get to a point where we're just doing the same thing and it's like what i do is amazing and I, I love what i do but like when you do it so often it doesn't seem like much you know until you don't have it anymore right and then you're like fuck and you know so yeah, right. then you realize how, how fucking much you miss it yeah i can feel you on that man yeah, well, listen, Chris, I, I just want to say we're, we're running up on time here. Thank you so much for all this great insight. You know, I, I think we the biggest thing that this show has done for for me and viewers that like are, are like me and that we're looking for new points of view and experiences, you've got a really interesting perspective in this sport, man. You know, and I, I really appreciate you sharing it. And thank you for being an advocate. You know, we need we need guys, really cool dudes like you going out there telling people how cool jujitsu is. You know, I so, mean, there's plenty of band dudes that. doing this, man. Like the, there's, like I said, Billy from Biohazard, um, Roger Murray from uh, Agnostic Front. Like there's tons of dudes training now. And it's, it's awesome. And those dudes are what just as into about, it. What do you think about a... Yeah, what do you think about a jujitsu time sponsored like super fight between you and Billy from Biohazard? <laughs> he'll fucking he'll wreck me. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a brown belt. Yeah, he's a brown belt. He's we we, prom yeah. we oh, promise yeah. not to give you any. We promise not to give any aha questions. But what about that pussy? This <laughs> <laughs> fucking with you, dude. Right, <laughs> <laughs> fucking well, we'll we'll send. How about like Henry Cavill? I think he's another blue belt. Oh yeah, you're you're kicking belt. Superman's we'll, ass. We'll Dude, <laughs> give, me some, give me something I can manage. Okay, you're kicking Superman's ass. 
Oh my god. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get you a good fight. How about that? Um, Whatever. I'm yeah, not doing nothing. But my schedule's wide open right now. Okay. <laughs> you got any plans on doing a, like a, any super fights or like tournaments at all? Like any any interest in professional hmm. jujitsu before we wrap up? I I don't know. I kind of like teeter on that because I'm a, a stupid idiot and like uh, I do things and I get hurt and then I'm like. Why the fuck did I do that? Like, you know, I'm fucking 45 years old. Like, I'm, but in my mind, I haven't left like 21. Do you know what I mean? Like, so the, I don't know. I thought about it. It, it depends, man. It's, I kind of don't want to get fucking injured and then not be able to do the music thing. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a fine line because I, I need my hands. Right and and I don't want you to have blown out. Yeah, you, you, you don't really you know? need to compete to get better. It's just it's it, it is it's something. It's cool. Yeah. We, Kev Kev just wants to make money off you, kid. Kev just wants Kev. Just, well, you know because exactly. Just, I want to put you, a if grand you're down, my money on Christine. Uh... <laughs> He's a minus two hundred underdog. He's a plus two hundred underdog, man. Like I got that. Be on that we can promote. You know, and I might make a little money off of it. You know. <laughs> well, get me in on the bet too, then. Okay, if if, if we're gonna do it right. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah! All right, well, Chris, this is usually the type of the, the part of the show where we give the guest uh, the 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 floor to plug any sort of cool stuff they got going on. Although you're in a very popular metal band, so I don't know why the hell you would need it. But regardless, the floor is yours, good sir. I said we got a new record. I got it right here. Go buy this album. Weight of the Fall Self. Can you see it? Or is it yeah. fucking all shiny? Yeah, you can it see is. It. Weight of the false self. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. man. Go, go buy it. Go that buy it. And if uh, we're, we have beer now, too. Uh, we have a collaboration beer with uh, Witch Doctor in Southington, Connecticut. And you can order that online at halftimebeverage.com. Um, train Jiu-Jitsu. And if, if you want to buy houses, I'm going to be selling houses soon, too. So fucking... Look me up. Give me a call. Diversification. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, thank right. you guys, man. Yeah, bassist, man, no doubt, man. man. Yeah, man, no doubt. Hang on for a second. Bassist, I'll and, real estate, bassist and real estate agent Chris Beatty is here to te- sell you a new home in the Bridgeport area. So beer. Out. <laughs> wherever, wherever you want to live, just let me know. We got you. Covered. I don't know why you'd want to live in Bridgeport, but, you know, go for it if that's your thing. <laughs> It, it did me well. Just like that, well. we're gonna. I mean, I just feel like I did that thing where, like, remember when Family Guy made fun of Bridgeport a few years ago, and everyone yeah, so, was yeah. just like, "Hey, who the hell are you?" Bridgeport's so right, nice well, now, Chris. actually. Really? Oh man! Now I need to go back. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Chris, again for for all your time, man. We we can't wait to have you back on again at some point if you had fun, but. Uh, to all the the viewers and listeners, again, go check out uh, Hate Breed's new album, Way to the False Self, as well as their recent collaboration with uh, Distiller in Southington, Connecticut. It's all good stuff that they got going on. Links, as always, will be in the description down below for all that. And, uh, you know, since we're plugging sponsorships, uh, nojudgesneeded.com, co- promo code JJT. Go check that out. Uh, Chris, you should go use that and tell them we sent you. <laughs> I will. I will, I will yeah. definitely do that. <laughs> and if Hate Breed ever wants to put out a rash guard, you know, yeah, we, like the, we, we those are good guys to collaborate with. <laughs> well, we might have to actually do that because we were thinking about doing 
something like that. Maybe we'll have to talk after this. Wait, no, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. We can talk about that. There you go. All right. Well, we got to go do business stuff then. So, as always, this has been another exciting episode of the Jiu Jitsu Times podcast. I've been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and the coolest man in the solar system, Mr. Chris Beatty, fellow export of Thank you guys. the. Uh, what is it? The nutmeg state? The I, that, I yeah, it is. It is the nutmeg state. Wow, Jesus! Yeah, I got <laughs> it right. Keep coming for All Connecticut. All right, we love you guys. Go visit Connecticut. Good night. Late.